Gabe, as Gabe just said, I am a teacher, specifically a grade four teacher, and um, most days I'll have at least one child come up to me and say, Miss Snow, what subject are we doing next? Or, Miss Snow, what books do I need to get out? Or, Miss Snow, what are we doing today? And usually my responses will be the answers to these questions, uh, but sometimes I'll say something like, guys, do I not always tell you what we're doing next? Do I not always have a plan for the day? Why don't you trust me that I know what's going on and coming next, and when the time is right, I'll tell you? And I've realized that we are the children in this situation, and God is the teacher. When we're, we're always asking questions and wondering what's coming next, and I'm sure God is thinking, why don't you just trust me? and why don't you just wait? So the title of my sermon today is Waiting on God's Plan. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. So this is possibly one of the more quoted verses in the Bible. You're bound to see it on at least one journal or one mug in Kum books. It is also possibly one of the more misunderstood verses, and while we may use it to encourage our friends, family, or even ourselves when they or we are going through a tough time, it may also leave us feeling frustrated, asking questions like, but if God wants to prosper me, why has he not given me insert your want here? As a Christian, I often find myself wondering what God's plans for me hold. I wish I could just see a blueprint for my life, just a glimpse. And I feel frustrated when the things that I want don't pan out and turn to Bible verses such as this to encourage myself. However, I feel like we are missing the main point here. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. They are God's plans and not ours. And our role in this is to be obedient and wait patiently on him as he fulfills his plans over our lives. Isaiah 30 verse 18 says, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. Now, this waiting is easier said than done. And if you're an inherently patient, impatient person like me, then it's a hard pill to swallow. But have you ever struck out on your own when you've known in your soul that the path you are walking down is not the one that God has planned for you? How did that go for you? It hasn't gone so well for me, and God has dragged me back to the path, kicking and screaming sometimes. And in hindsight, life would have been way easier if I just waited and listened to God. Sometimes, not waiting for God is linked to fear, and our fear is linked to our lack of trust in Him and His Word. It can be easy to feel abandoned in the waiting, and for the enemy to take advantage of this and lead us astray. This is why we need to use our seasons of waiting productively, and this waiting should be expectant and not passive. Waiting is essential in our spiritual development and shouldn't be a season of anger or bitterness towards God for plans that we think haven't been fulfilled. We can sit around and think, God, doesn't God want me to be happy? Or, 
doesn't God want me to have this thing that I've been praying so hard for? But as Proverbs 19 verse 21 says, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. God's vision for our happiness is for us to be more like him. And God's good gifts often come in unexpected packaging. We need to wait expectantly for God to fulfill his plans. There is unfortunately no way for us to know what God's plans for us hold specifically. But, and I'm paraphrasing now, Psalm 37 verse 4 more or less says that when we are close to God, our plans will begin to align with His, and then we will have the desires of our heart. So, what do we do in our times of waiting? We must spend time with God and spend time in His Word, as these things drive out fear and give us courage. We need to work on our spiritual disciplines, as these keep us spiritually fit. We need to remind ourselves of who God is because He is who He says He is, and He can and will do what He says He can and will do. I'm going to repeat that. God is who He says He is, and He can and will do what He says He can and will do. I'm going to read and remind you of Matthew 6, verses 25 to 33. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. And here's the most important part. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Thank you.